you might have noticed there's something with football going on today. Well, I am so glad you've joined us, both those online and those here present at the church. You know, it is vital that we stay engaged, that we step out and continue to just say, okay, here I am, Lord. Whether there's a crisis in society, whether there's an epidemic going around the world, no matter what comes our way through the valleys and the mountaintops, we continue to press in. You know, we're using football as an analogy to discuss our faith and the progress that we need to make there as well, some lessons that we can learn. And so last week we talked about practice and how we have to be faithful in the small things before we ever step onto the field. I mean, it's crazy for a player to say, put me in the game, coach, but I'm not going to practice. I don't want to do the drills. I don't want to learn the playbook. And that's just not going to happen. But that happens all around the world when it comes to faith. God, I want you here. God, I want to go be for you. God, I want, the, I want, I want you. I want... And God says, you got to be faithful in the small stuff. And then I'll reward you with more. And, you know, faith is a matter of just being faithful. We're saved by grace. But so much of consequence is just not understood in this world. You know, when I hurt somebody, it's going to hurt the relationship. When I do something that is damaging to myself, I, I, I'm going to pay for that. Grace is available but there's going to be consequence, especially in this world. And so I want to challenge you to practice and to practice well and, and realize that God wants the best for you. That's why he does it. Now, I have a question for you to consider today. I, I want to encourage you to get your cell phone out if you want this football. And it is autographed by the K-State coaching staff. Now, online or in person, equal opportunity here Whoever responds with the correct answer and their full name will get the football, whether at home or here. So we're putting, we have the, the, the text up, get ready. Here is the question. We're going to find out who was here the first week. And if you listen to what I say, this is a non-football even question, so anybody can answer. What did I say was the best snack at KSU football games in the opening video. All right, respond, get that in there. And if you get it correct, we will announce it in just a moment. So here's the thing. I want to challenge you to get your head in the game that God has called you to. If not careful, what happens is, is that we, we step out and we just kind of go along and we get our lives so busy, so full that we don't even have our head ready for what God has put before us. We don't see the lost soul. We don't see the hurting person. We don't see the opportunity to grow. We don't hear his voice because we're not game ready. Can I challenge you to be focused, please? focused on what matters most each and every day. As a follower of God, you need to press into this just as you would before a football game when the coach says, okay, guys, get your head in the game, and you start thinking about the play. You start thinking about what you're doing. You start going over how it's going to be so that you're not distracted in the midst of it all. 
How much more important is your faith to have your head ready? So I want to ask you to prepare mentally with all that you have so that as a follower of Christ, you're not going to be distracted from this world. So you're not going to be pulled over here and then pulled over there. I want you to get your head in the right place to listen to your Father in heaven. You know, the Bible tells us this is God's message to us. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, so prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you where Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Oh, getting your head in the right state of mind matters so much. You have to have your, your head in that right place where you're focused, where you've quieted all the mess around you. See, I remember a time in, when I was playing uh, years ago football that we were ahead. We were right about halftime. We were dominating in many ways. And, and it's amazing how just a single call can change the direction of a game. You know, I was always a guy who played well, played hard. I was prepared and all in. But this day I had a guy who was giving some cheap shots, who was doing some things illegal, and I finally lost my temper. The play was over, and I just kept driving him. And I was just, I just lost my focus, forgot what I was there to do. I won that little play, got thrown out of the game, and all of a sudden we ended up losing the game later. Hey, we have an answer. Hold on to that thought. Tasha Barker, are you here? Where are you? Are you here? All right, come here, Tasha. Come here. We got a ball to give her. Give her a hand. She's like, oh, great. I got to go in front of everybody. All right, Tasha, you're going to come up and share your faith and your testimony. No, I'm just kidding. I'll give you the ball here. <laughs> Can you catch? Are you ready? All right, here we go. Yay! <laughs> you know, it's crazy how the game plan can be going right along, and then you don't get the, the call in. The, 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 the quarterback takes too long. Somebody on the line jumps. Somebody loses their cool like I did. And all of a sudden, boom, the whole transition of the game goes in another direction. And when it comes to your faith, if not careful, you stop listening to the coach. You jump out ahead of the game plan. You go this direction when he said go that direction. And there's a flag, so to speak, in life. And he wants you to just be still and tune out all the rest of the world and listen to his voice. The Bible tells us in Psalms, be still and know that I am God. I can imagine God just going, shh. You know, the best field goal kicker, the best free throw shooter, the best person who can just distract, get rid of all the distractions and just focus on what's in front of them. It's the one who does well in sports. And when it comes to faith, it's the person who can quiet the distractions 
Maybe put down the social media, put down whatever's going on in their life, put down the, the, the noise level and just say, here I am, God, I want to do what you want is what matters. See, will you eliminate the distractions in your life? What is it? I, you know, I, I, there's been several documentaries out recently about social media and how addictive it can be, if not cautious, and how we, I put time limits on my own because I don't want to be on there all the time. I don't mind checking real quick. I'm not going to live for the like button. I'm not going to live for the heart up on Instagram. I'm not going to live for that. I live for my father. You know, we all have the exact same amount of time. You hear me? What is it that you must eliminate so that you have enough time to do what God has called you to do? See, you have time to read the Bible. You have time for church. You have time for a life group. You have time for prayer. You have time to listen. It's just you got to put it in the right priority. If you don't have him at a priority, it's going to go down. You know, the Bible tells us this in Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a large crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. So anything, whether good or bad, we get rid of it. Now he goes on, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. I think there's a very clear reason why we have so many casual Christians and inept churches is because we have so many distractions and so few who just give their attention to God. Yeah, let me just give you an example. These are not bad things. Let me just list off a few of the hobbies that I have. I have enough hobbies for a half a dozen people probably. I mean, I love to ride my motorcycle, just go for a ride. I love to get on my bike and, and, and whether it be mountain biking or it be road biking, I like to lift weights. I like to play sports and I like to watch sports. I like to hunt. I like to hike. I like music. I like art. I have all kinds of fun with my family and I have a ton of friends what is it that I need to slow down on and just shh? It's not even a bad stuff. Just so that I, he has my attention. See, here's the thing. I, I want to review his instructions on an ongoing basis. I, I want to get into that time where I listen to his voice. I, I want to take from the word of God and put it in my heart and that I, it'll go out into my life. I, I, I want to do all those things, but something has to give. See, that's a part of what we do right here. Do you realize that 
Just coming to church is, is kind of like going to a practice or going to a life group and, and being able to share is like you're kind of huddling up and, and getting into the word is like reviewing the playbook and just praying is having some of those one-on-one talks with your coach and making sure you understand what's going on and, and just pouring your heart out so that you can hear his heart too. It's so vital that we make room and we review what he has for us because the world screams loud and the Bible describes his voice as a still, quiet voice in the wilderness that we have to tune our ears to. You know, Jesus gave us some really important instructions right before he ascended to heaven. He had died on the cross. He had come back to life again, and he appeared to many different ones, over a hundred different people, including his disciples, and then he's getting ready to ascend to heaven. You know, this if there was ever an important pregame speech or a halftime adjustment, it's this. I mean, what the coach says at that point makes or breaks the game. And here's what Jesus told his team, his followers. In Matthew chapter 28, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples, that is, followers, those who put their faith in Jesus Christ from all nations, no matter their skin, no matter their color, no matter their background, no matter their money, no matter their ethnicity, all nations. And then this simple, simple act that we're to do as a first step is to be baptized. It says, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You know, that's been going on for a couple of thousand years, and it's been amazing to be able to witness and to see so many lives as someone says, first of all, God, I believe in you. I'm putting my faith, my hope in you. And, and then to do this thing called repentance. Repentance means to turn from sin to something else. And in this case, when we repent, we're turning from this world or our sin or whatever has our attention to God. We're putting our hope in a new place. Repentance isn't just, I'm sorry, it's to turn. So I'm following as a part of my belief. I, I'm turning now as a part of this. And then there's this really simple thing that is the very first step that is often now years, maybe even a decade later done in the church, nation, and worldwide called baptism. And some people never get around to it. They had well-meaning, wonderful parents who cared about them, and they made a decision for them, but they never make the decision. See, the Bible has one example. It's when you believe, repent, and then you go fully under saying, all of me is yours. I believe in the death, burial, and resurrection symbolism that is in baptism. And so if you had your parents make a wonderful decision for you as a child, that was great of them to pray for you, to dedicate you. You need to make your own decision today. If you are new to the faith, you need to believe, you need to repent, and then make that decision of baptism you know, the word itself just simply means immerse. That's, that's all it means. And the coach instructed us to do it. That's a clear process. So what would stop you from doing that today? 
He said, well, I didn't come ready to do that. I need to take a class or I need to prepare. Oh, hogwash, you don't need to do any of that. You need to believe, you need to repent, and then you step out in faith and you do it. Don't worry about your clothes. We'll give you a T-shirt and a towel. We got a full tank right outside, right out here where it'll be safe, open air. And you go into that water with me and you come up, it's not a big deal. We make it the big deal. We've had this teaching that you need to go through. Show me in the Bible one place where they had to go through a class to give their life. And Peter had a few thousand people come on the day of Pentecost and they started a class with him. No, they gave him the gospel of Jesus Christ, told him about who he was, how Jesus died for their sin, and they said, I want this. He said, let's repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin. It's a beautiful thing. So if you haven't understood, that's okay. That's all right. You may not have had that explained to you, but Here's the beauty don't miss out on today because sometimes it's just stubbornness that stops us. There are so many things in my life when I had to just let go of my pride or my stubbornness or my uncomfortableness and I was holding back and I'm like, I don't want to do that. It doesn't matter what I want to do. It matters who he is and is he Lord of my life or not. If he's Lord, I'll follow a simple step. See, it's a beautiful thing to step out and say, all of me is yours. We celebrate that around here all the time. And it's a wonderful step just to say, here you go. So no excuses, no distractions, just a response. If you're online right now and you're thinking about, well, I should have, we have contact information. We want to talk with you. You just, you, you jump in, give us your contact, give us the information. We'll talk to you about that. We can help you do that from home or you can come and be here in time for the next service or we'll meet you during the week. Don't put this off though. For those who are here today, when I get to that moment in a little while, I'll walk out and I'll show you where it is. Step out with me. If you have a mentor, you just bring them right along. The mentor may go, well, I don't know what to do. They don't have to know what to do. We'll help them. They'll baptize you. It's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful experience. I'll never forget the day when I responded and I went into the water and I had the honor of my dad baptizing me. It was so cool. I've had such an, an honor over the years to baptize couples together. I, I, I've seen friends go into the water together. I've seen others baptize others, and it's just a beautiful thing. No magic in the water. Now, let me just be real clear. There is no get out of hell free card by just going into the water. It's just water. We put a little extra disinfectant in it, but it's just water. It's only through Jesus Christ that you find salvation. Now, here's the thing. Too many of us put off to tomorrow. We have this attitude of, oh, I'll just kind of get by. And I, I, could I challenge you to play to win what God has put before you? See, there is a war going on between an evil, evil devil, Satan himself, and God the Father, God, who loves and cares about you. And they're at war for your family. They're at war for your heart. They're at war for your attitude. This, all this stuff is going on. Would you play to win and say, here I am. God, I want you. I need you. I'm putting you first. You know, those who play sports, you know what I mean when it comes to the importance of playing to win. If you don't want to win, if you don't expect to win, 
You're choosing to lose, basically. If you, oh, we're just here to have fun. No, you're here to lose. Those who want to win have that as a goal. And when it comes to your faith in Jesus Christ, why is it that we have this kind of half-hearted, well, I'll get around to it maybe, and, well, I'm kind of uh, stepping out a little bit with him. No. Say, I'm in. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 9, 24, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. Run to win. See, it's going to involve thinking eternally, which I'm just going to use the word just go long. You know, in football, it's let's go all the way. Let's go deep. Let's go big. Not just try and get by a little bit. I want to go for the touchdown. And today you need to think eternally and say, I'm in this for the long haul. I'm in this for eternity. I'm giving my life that everything today is going to be changed by knowing that there's an eternal war going on for my soul. And so here's the thing. Take your confidence off of yourself and put it in your God. Oh, see, Philippians chapter 3 verse 14 says, I press on to reach the end of the race to receive a heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us, calling you. And so it's not a matter of your ability. You're going to play confidently because of how big your Father God is, not how big you are. See, here's the confidence I want you to have. In Romans chapter 8, verse 37, no, despite all these things, despite all the distractions, despite your insecurity, despite the lies that are in your head, despite what Satan has tried to say, despite all the discouragement in society, despite all that that's going on, guess what? Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. See, that is victory. You can say, I can stand firm in a God who loves me that much. I don't know if you've ever prayed a prayer to say, here is my life, and that you really meant it and put him first as in a change of direction for your life. But if you haven't, I'm going to say a prayer, and I ask that you join me in this some of you might just need to repeat that prayer as a kind of a, a, a rededication in your life. Others need to say it for the first time and know that God is listening right now. It's so cool. Dear Lord, we come before you, almighty God, and just say we believe. We need you. And God, I'm turning from my sin and I'm turning to you. Oh God, if somebody is still hesitant and not making that decision, please give them the courage to say that with me. I am turning from my sin, and I'm turning to you. I put my hope in you and you alone right now, dear God. And I give you my life. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.